Thank you. That was nice. That is nice. It's nice to be here, isn't it? Yeah, so much in the world happening. It's so nice to have a sanctuary where one feels safe and comfortable and surrounded by love. And so this is the season of love, I guess, Easter. Although all these things that we create in the calendar are, are so arbitrary compared to the spiritual calendar, which everything is happening right now in this instant and always is and always was. But somehow we spread that out into this feeling of a life. And we have a calendar and it says that Easter is... I always laugh about Easter. Easter is the first Sunday after the first full moon, after the spring equinox. Sounds a little druid to me. <laughs> I don't know if the Wiccans came up with that. but However, we know that, that Easter certainly happened in the spring because Jesus was in Jerusalem for the Passover. So, and we know that thanks to the Hebrew calendar or the Jewish calendar, we know when that happens. So, but, but, but most of these things that we make up are arbitrary. I want to talk more about Lent and how arbitrary it is and how that doesn't matter. How powerful it is anyway. But first I want to talk about my shirt. Yeah. This is as close to yellow as I have. And uh, it's March, and so in this calendar thing, we think, okay, well, the power for March is, anyone? Wisdom, understanding, slash understanding. Uh, anybody know who the uh, apostle for that is? Uh, James, right? James of Zebedee, the son of Zebedee. Yeah, I don't know what that means. It's certainly. Anyways. I, I don't know that that's the most important thing. The most important thing is that the, the power, which I don't know if I've talked to you about the book Power Up that by Dr. Hasselback and I think Cher Holton is uh, his co-author. And he looks at the, the, the 12 powers of man that we study in unity as accelerated abilities. Because as we know, it's one of those confusing things. There's one power but we study 12 of them. <laughs> this is just so we can keep people confused when they're not in the club. <laughs> of course, we want everybody in the club. It's all these ordinary ways that we keep people confused. But we know that all those powers are just different facets of this true gem of Christ's white light energy that flows through all of us. And so we focus our attention this month on wisdom and understanding. I think it's appropriate. This color seems to represent that. And you know, serendipity of intention. I think when you set a good intention, you never know you, how you're influencing people by what you do to move through and, and, and be faithful to that intention. Someone says, oh, you're representing Ukraine this morning. I think so close. And I'm so happy that I am. Even though I didn't realize it, now I am. 
because certainly they need the love. And in Discover the Power Within You, best unity book ever, not that I'm promoting it, uh, by Eric Butterworth, and he talks about should we pray for others and how do we pray for others. And the simple answer that I took from it at least is the way to pray for you is to elevate my own consciousness. And then kind of like that rising tide raises all boats, you know. And so if I raise my own consciousness, then I can, that will have an effect on you. And in an environment of elevated consciousness, we're all drawn toward our better selves. I suppose it might be true that in an area of darkness, we might be drawn that way as well. So let's go for the elevation. And that really, I think, is what Lent's about. But what is Lent? Uh, what's that? Yeah, it is. And is there any biblical authority for Lent? None. None whatsoever. So it's a creation of the church. So, okay, that doesn't make it wrong or bad. In fact, I want to say this about Lent. There is no right way. There's no right thing for you to do for Lent. I, I think, though, there is a right way to do whatever you do, and that is to do it with the intention of elevating your spiritual consciousness. I think whether you work on something very simple, like I've been practicing tying my shoes, reaching down and tying my shoes instead of putting them up on a bench because I want to be more flexible. And so, it's just a little thing that I remind myself, don't, don't, okay, so judgment. There's two types of judgment. There's personality judgment. We don't want to focus on that. But there's spiritual judgment, which is discerning, you know, truth from error. So, in spiritual judgment, it's okay. So, why did I say that? Forget that now. We're not going to judge that. Um, anyway, you can do something very simple. We're going to talk about commitments for Lent here, and I'll go into a little bit more detail. Sometimes people are like, I'm going to do all these things, you know, and I'm going to be, and, and, and go for it, if that's what your motor's telling you to do. But there is no fast track to healing. That's today's talk. Although we're going to talk about fasting, so, you know, I like to play on words. But let's stay with the part of the rapids. You know, it, it, when I was growing up, you know, earlier in my path of growing up, I knew a lot of people that went to churches that made a big deal out of Lent. And there was a lot of pressure on them, even as kids, to make a commitment for Lent and then to do it. And, um, and then they would dare I say, suffer through it. <laughs> and then if they, if they couldn't wait to the end. You know, Easter was like Christmas Day because, oh my God, I can eat chocolate again or whatever. So I would think, as you think about the commitments that you're considering for Lent, maybe some of you are already in it, maybe some of you don't even play that game, but think about it in terms of 
how would I like to do this forever? Versus just for the next 40 days. Because really, it's that slow and steady progress that that uh, really will make the difference in the long run. And I, I remember, I, I, I think I've shared with you that nearly everything I say to you, I think, is just autobiographical. I'm just talking about my own experience, so if, if it helps you, great. But, you know, I, I, I've been through a lot of the yo-yo commitments. You know, I won't do this, or, you know, or I will do this, and I get results. You know, I lose weight, get in better shape, get my mind straight, get some goals set, make things happen. But it's, it's um, but then I get distracted. Or I distract myself more accurately, and, and then I don't follow through, and I don't sustain that level of whatever that elevated level is, whether it's physical, mental, spiritual, or emotional. And uh, I think it's probably more productive. I'm just exploring this with my own self. To just work on some simple things that can become part and parcel of how you move through life. That you can keep with you. As opposed to something that you do for a short period of time to try to prove you can do it. You can do it. And so let's move to the next level of really deciding what do we want to do. And pick that. And, and even if you pick a small part of it, like like when Greg, where's Greg? There he is. That was my son. That's part of his, that's part of one of his commitments, right? I, I'm guessing, I'm speaking, but I don't like that really fun. That, that's important to his journey. doesn't matter what, how it impacts the rest of us. It's, it's for him. But it's easy for me to find him. <laughs> so I appreciate it too. Um, Forty days. There's a lot of energy in the Bible about forty. Moses, Elijah, Jesus—they all did things for forty days. Um, so I think in, in, in metaphysical interpretation, forty is like a, a foundational number. A four—they call it a four-square number. That it's the completeness of something. So. And, I, you know, in practical terms, I've heard it said that if you do something for 30 days, which is almost 40, you can make it a new habit. And, and there we come back to Lent. So I think, what is Lent really about? Well, we're trying to form new habits. And habits that are more in alignment with being healthy. And that health I've been thinking about this thought for the last few weeks, so forgive me if I repeat myself. But spiritual health, to me, at least the way I'm understanding it now, I don't know if I'll change when I take that shirt off. <laughs> I might lose it all. But uh, it's that oneness with God. I am one with God. It's the Garden of Eden. You know, that is the time when we had heaven. We were in heaven. They called it the garden. And then something happened. And there was a severing of that unity on a spiritual plane. It, well, actually, there wasn't. <laughs> but 
here we are having the mortal life. So we're out of the garden. Why are we out of the garden? I think we're out of the garden so we can have this experience. But the thing is, we never actually left the garden. The, the, the original sin of leaving the garden was that we're being punished for doing something wrong just because we learned wisdom, known knowledge of good and evil. Oh, you can't know that. I will tell you what's good for you. Hi, Mom. <laughs> yeah. My mom never told me what was good for me, but she sure could let me know when, when I did something that wasn't good for me. Uh, I love my mom. So anyway, that's the act of healing. We're just trying to get back to heaven on earth. And so when I bring it into the unity experience for me, that's, that's what we, we, the promise of, of Christ is is that I am Christ, and, and the, the, the way shower Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus Christ, showed me to the highest level of elevated energy what it could look like on earth. And he said, I'm not even the best. You can do better than me if you do what I've done. And so we have that potential. We have that divine... We talk about the Trinity, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But in unity, we think mind, idea, expression. And God is the is principle, the infinite mind, the source, and the blueprint beneath and the substance of everything. Idea. This is Jesus Christ. Or actually, it's just Christ. That is God made form. The mind made form into the perfect expression, and then the expression is the Holy Spirit. What we do through Christ's energy. So that Trinity is what we're doing. And, and, and so what we are as man, or woman, or child, but still woman, <laughs> um, man, people, mortal. We are what we are in moving for the realization of that idea. So we're just trying to, like Joni Mitchell said, we're trying to get ourselves back to the garden. And that's what, that's what, what our whole spiritual journey is about. At least that's one interpretation of it. Perhaps you have a different one. But that's how I see it. So, so Lent, then, is this time that we set aside to really focus on that. If you choose to. First of all, you can do it whenever you want. You don't have to wait for Lent. And you don't have to do it during Lent. That's the one thing I love about my God, my idea of God, is that He gives me free will to do as I choose. So the fast track of healing. Again, in a physical sense, there is no fast track. Because, look, I am the sum total of my habits. <laughs> Indulgence is one of them. <laughs> so I am what I am. But I can be different. Do I really want to be? We'll see. We'll see. So, I want to form a new habit. If I want to be different, i got to do, do things different, right? Again, I, I always 
like to remind myself that in the physical form, in the mortal expression, things take time. There's like this manifesting inertia. You know, it takes time. In spiritual reality, there is no gap of time. There's no boom. You change your thought, you change your life immediately. Then it takes a little time for us to have it show up in our expression. At least that's the way I understand it. So, two things about habit. Well, there's probably more than two things here. Um, but first of all, uh, you know, Charles Fillmore, by the way, I spent my time in the last couple of weeks uh, reading How to Keep a True Lent. I don't know how many of you have read that or any of it. Or even, I don't know how many people like to read Charles Fillmore. Not everybody goes to Unity digs that. And again, I'm not saying you have to. It inspires me. That's what I'll share. I just there is energy in his words. I, I I feel them, and I don't even always understand exactly what he's trying to say. I figure that's okay. Just keep at it. As I say to my son, whenever he's up against a challenge, I say the most important thing is to just always keep your hand on the wall. Eventually, that wall will fall. Like he's, a lot of his challenges recently were wrestling. Because on the wrestling team, it's hard. Talk about fasting as part of wrestling. When he went from 157 to 150 pounds, he had to sort of shift his body a little bit. He practiced fasting on that level. But um, I, I don't have as much time to go into habit. But I, I wanted to throw an idea out there that Charles talked about when I was sharing why we need Charles. You know, he really believed that we inherited a lot of our ideas and a lot of our error of thinking from our ancestors. Like the whole idea that life is about 100 years and then you die. Charles spent most of his life thinking that that was an error that we hold in collective consciousness and therefore it happens because we manifest it to be real. But he said if we could shift that, we could live forever. Now, near the end of his life, I'm not sure if he still held those beliefs. But it's just interesting to read his thoughts as he's, and knowing that he's coming from that perspective and, and wondering how much of our habits and our inherited habits are constraints that we just don't even count. That's the, the key point I want to share about that. Because it's really a habit, and here's the seed I want to plant. It's really a memory. You know, I think about healing, and I think about so many of the things that I feel the need to heal are memories of things that I did. Why don't I just change the memory? Why don't I just have a new memory? Sounds easy. For me, it hasn't been quite that easy. And I, I, that, that's a topic I'd love to explore in more depth um, a day other than today. I just want to focus now on the commitments for Lent. I don't know who's made who's made a commitment. Anybody made a commitment? Yeah. If, if you want to make one, consider a few thoughts. One, a lot of folks say to me when I ask them to step up and do something, well, as soon as I get, I'm, I'm not feeling that good, as soon as I get healthy, I'll make a commitment. Or, boy, am I busy. <laughs> 
I got all this other stuff going on. As soon as I got that done, I'll make a commitment. I didn't say these things. Okay, so I know this. I know them. <laughs> Faith one and no one. My experience with healing and moving to higher levels is make the commitment. And then in the process of fulfilling and being responsible to that commitment, you will find exactly what it is that provides that healing for yourself. And, and so with Lent, probably, you know, there's so many benefits of making a commitment and then honoring the commitment, being faithful to it, because you feel better because of that. At least, that's been my experience. So, a lot of the things we do are fast. You know, I won't eat chocolate. You know, so actually, one of mine, and you'll see it, is about sugar. Uh, you know, I, a lot of error thinking in my mind. Sugar is my nemesis. Sugar is evidence of the devil. Could it be Satan? You know, I love the church lady. <laughs> you know, sugar is evil. Sugar is just fine. It's, it's my um, indulgence that gets me in trouble. So, making a commitment, working on forming a new habit, hopefully that habit is fortifying to spiritual elevation. Like I said, it could be as simple as bending over to tie your shoes. Just work on that. What I find is, when, like, currently... In, in my fast, um, boy, when I start to get, it's, it's self-reinforcing. Like, and they say when you start to fast physically uh, from something that you consume, that your mind will get clearer. And I just find that, that focusing on one thing gets me focused on other things. All of a sudden, like I got three honeydew projects done yesterday. How'd that happen? So, I just want to say that uh, denial and affirmation, as we bring this thing home, for today at least. And these are words from Charles. A great number of things that you look on as reality are simply transient shadows that can be dissipated into nothingness by telling them the truth as to their unreality. It seems like it's real. It's not. You're not real. Bam, it goes away. There's a Harry Potter reference. Don't have time for that. It's the cabinet of the evil. Okay, forget what that was called. So, also, Charles was very clear. You know, don't get all hung up on denials are. I deny that this is true. It's not so much the words or how you say it. It's just knowing that that's a mistaken idea. I'm not going to feed the mistaken idea. I'm going to affirm the truth. And now, um, Charles also says, many persons are impregnated with a belief of limitation, and they need the dissolving power of denial to set them free. So using the denial is all about setting yourself free from limitation. I'm going to leave it at that. Affirmation. Christian metaphysicians have discovered that man can greatly accelerate the formation of the Christ mind in himself by using affirmations that identify with the Christ. I am one with Christ. These affirmations often are so far beyond the present attainment of the novice 
us, me. I could never. Seems like it, right? As to seem ridiculous. Like I could live forever and never die. That does seem ridiculous, doesn't it? But when it is understood that the statements are grouped about an ideal to be attained, the Christ ideal, they seem fair and reasonable. Hey, I'm just working on realizing, more fully realizing my Christ ideal. When one understands the power of words spoken in spiritual consciousness, the results are in fulfillment with divine law. So with that in mind, if we could go to the spiritual practice for this week, or this life. So let's again start with Charles. Fasting. It's not just about not eating sugar or whatever. Fast from all unworthy thoughts. That's the... That's the denial. I'm not feeding the unworthy thought. I'm feasting, affirming the good and the truth. Fast from criticism and condemnation. Feast in brotherly love. You can read. All these different things, too. Don't feed the error thought. Don't feed the personality-driven requirements. Feed the truth. Move toward love. Move toward Christ. And then, the next slide. So, <clears throat> Myrtle. We're here because of Myrtle, not Charles. <laughs> Thank God for Myrtle and Charles. I mean, but, but, the spark that lit the fire. I am a child of God, and therefore I do not inherit sickness. I mean, it all began there. She, and, and it didn't begin with her. She heard someone speak and inspired her to feel that way and to claim her health for herself. So, you can focus where you want on your life. And just open yourself to the idea is all I'm suggesting today. I'm not saying you have to do something because doing something for the purpose of somebody else telling you to do it doesn't, doesn't help, really. Um, and if it does, it's probably not spiritually guided. So, I, you know, there's my example. Um, one of them, uh, you know, when I started to mention this about Greg, I forgot. When he said, get healthy, we're going to be talking about get healthy in March. This was back in early January. I thought, man, I'm going to get busy. <laughs> because I won't be able to... Well, I'll tell you a story later about Gandhi, but not today. About eating sugar. But, but I know that I'm going to be more influential to you if I start doing the work myself. So I start working on things in January. Boy, sometimes it takes a long time. But one of the things I did... I think changing my life. I, I signed up for something called Stretch Lab. So it's more than just a few times. I'm actually, once a week I go and somebody stretches me well beyond my limits. Talk about learning new limits. I could never get there. It's helping. It's really helping me physically. Anyway, but this one I focus on is... See, I, I, I told you earlier that sugar is my nemesis. I, I, this, is the, this is the affirmation I've been using for decades. Sugar is my nemesis as I eat more white chocolate. And I decided, you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. So 
this is what I'm working on. You know, you get a lot of sugar without even intending to get it, you know. A lot of things have sugar in it. So I'm just really focusing on the mountaintops, the big stuff. The white chocolate, the caramel, the cinnamon rolls. You know, the power of the imagination can get those temptations, but right now, they're not bothering me at all. So, I think is a closing statement. Jesus, again, said it's us that do it. We do it. The woman touched his cloak and was healed. And she said, thank you. And he said, don't thank me. It's your faith that has healed you. And I leave you with that. Amen.